Hello everyone. Welcome to the FinHub, a Canadian founders podcast, where we do a deep dive with founders of today's leading fintechs. My name is Priyanka Vashisht. I am your co-host and a first-year MBA student at Rotman School of Management. In this episode, I had the pleasure to talk to Kirk Simpson. Kirk is the founder of Wave HQ, Canada's bookkeeping and payment solution software for small business owners. As an entrepreneur, Kirk is passionate about building great teams and is focusing on helping businesses streamline accounting processes through Wave's products and services. Since being founded in 2009, Wave grew substantially in a short period of time and was acquired by H&R Block in 2019. The company continues to innovate with the goal of making Wave an all-in-one financial management solution for small business owners. In this episode, we talked about Wave's success, the launch of its new products, open banking, and much more. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Kirk. Welcome to the show. We're very excited to have you on board. How are you doing today? I'm great, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. To start off with, you've worn many hats as an entrepreneur, and you also acted as an advisor to the Creative Destruction Lab at Rotman. Would love to hear more about your journey so far. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, kind of in some ways a, a cliche entrepreneur in that I dropped out of university a couple of times. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I think I started my first business just to see what was possible and to kind of learn the hard way. And also maybe because I didn't know what kind of job I would get. So I wanted to start something myself. You know, a couple of key lessons along the way that I learned through the process of starting the first uh, two businesses, uh, had an amazing work experience, um, you know, getting a real job when I had a bunch of debt coming out of being entrepreneur. So lots of different experiences. There was nothing that, you know, should have led to this or could have led to this or, you know, meant that I was on a journey to do this. I was just kind of finding my way. Yeah, and I'm sure being an entrepreneur has its own challenges. Um, could you speak a little bit to that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think in a way uh, it's really been romanticized uh, of late. And I would say the reality of it is very different than the romantic notion. You know, sure, there are lots of amazing positives in terms of, uh, you know, having a bit more control over your own destiny, you know, trying to take an idea that's in your head and turn it into reality and in some ways will it into reality, but a lot of heartache along the way. You know, I think people really need to go into it, you know, clear eyed about, you know, how much it can overtake your life and your being and your identity, how it can take you away from things that you love, whether it be family or hobbies or, you know, these kinds of things. And I would just say, go into it really clear eyed about that. Coming to your latest venture, Wave Accounting or Wave HQ, um, which provides financial services and software for small businesses. How would you describe in detail what your company does? Well, we're essentially, you know, trying to make it easier and more fulfilling for someone to smart, to start a small business and to grow a small business. Lots of folks, you know, might dream of sort of going out on their own, whether it be, you know, someone who's a photographer who wants to start their own, you know, photography business or 
someone who's baking cakes and wants to become a wedding cake designer. Like there's a whole bunch of people who, who dream of owning their own small business and, and taking, you know, more control of it. Uh, and oftentimes one of the things that gets in the way is just being overcome with all of the other tasks that goes along with being a small business owner, whether it be, you know, invoicing and collecting payments or, you know, payroll or paying contractors or accounting and bookkeeping and tax, all of those kinds of things, you know, typical small business owners are afraid of it. Uh, They don't love doing it. They don't want to learn about it. They just kind of want it to go away. And really, we're in the business of trying to build financial confidence with small business owners, give them tools to make it easier and help them start and thrive new small businesses. I'm, I'm curious to know uh, where the idea came from for you, you know, in the beginning when you started this company. Yeah, I think it would be really, really fun to create some new fun narrative that was really you know, uh, interesting and appealing and all those kinds of things. The reality of it is that James Lockery and I were, you know, contemplating starting a business. We, we weren't sure, you know, which area we wanted to get into. Uh, I had been a small business owner before, you know, I put myself in that camp of someone who hates everything to do with this kind of stuff. He had been at a small business tax prep company, had seen it firsthand, and we kind of backed our way into this idea. And then, you know, similar to a lot of startups, the original idea wasn't exactly what it turned out to be. And we found our way through that process, hired some amazing people who, you know, helped make wave into what it is today. And, you know, that's been the journey. Yeah, you talked about hiring amazing people. Has that been one of the key factors? Apart from I'm sure there are many other factors, but has that been one of the key factors for wave success, according to you? Yeah, again, I'm, I, I think I'm speaking in cliches, but, you know, it's all about the people. Everybody says that until you've been in the yeah. seat and in the role and gone through the process of, you know, probably seven or 800 at this point, people have gone through, maybe even more have gone through waves doors, you know, at some point over the last 12 years. And I mean, that is the the most exciting, most fun, most interesting, most proud moments, you know, of my career is just the people that I got to work with, um, the amazing work that they did while at Wave, you know, what they taught me along the way, how they made me get better at my craft. You know, all of those things is absolutely the most important, most interesting and most fun part of the journey. Continuing our conversation about Wave, your company has been growing very fast over the past few years. You even launched your own neobank, Wave Money, in 2020. Curious to know what criteria do you consider when expanding your products or services or even exploring new verticals? Yeah, I think the first thing is is just, you know, do we have a right with our customers to offer a product and service that we think is going to benefit them? and makes sense to them, makes their life easier. You know, that's the first place to start is just, you know, does it does it help your target customer, you know, become better at what they do? And do you as a company have an ability to be able to do it? You know, we really felt like in 2012, as we started to embed more financial products, starting with payments and payroll, 
contractor payments, all of those kinds of things that, you know, we had built a lot of fintech muscles. We had, we understood, you know, and were clear eyed about what building financial products entailed uh, and all of the, you know, the elements that are behind the scenes that, that many don't think about in terms of, you know, risk and compliance and security and where the world is moving in terms of regulation and all of those kinds of things that, you know, fintech is not easy because of those things. But we looked at it in 2012, uh, began to build up those muscles, you know, are now moving billions of dollars a year. And so, you know, our view was, is this can make the life of a small business owner better, uh, more efficient. It can move their money faster. It can get them access to those funds quicker, all of those kinds of things. So the customer story made sense. And right. then from a business perspective, we felt like we were well positioned to be able to execute on it. Speaking of strategy, you were acquired by H&R Block a few years ago. And I'm wondering how that acquisition impacted your strategy and where you are heading within the fintech ecosystem. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, one of the conversations that we had a lot during the the process with, with Jeff, who's the CEO of Block, um, was you know, what are you looking for Wave to accomplish? And does that line up with what path we think we're on? And right. what we found was that, you know, he was very much looking to to further serve small businesses that at some point, every single one of those small business owners needs to, you know, file taxes that they could help us make that more seamless. But that really what he was looking for us to do was to continue on our path. And, you know, lots of acquiring companies say that, uh, and then the reality post acquisition is different. Uh, in our case, yeah. you know, two and a half years later, that's very much held true that we run as a standalone entity. Um, it's been an amazing opportunity to get off the VC sort of treadmill and build something long term with sustainable capital uh, aimed at really helping small businesses and. And so our strategy really hasn't changed other than, you know, our own desire to go deeper into fintech in order to make the lives of small business owners easier. And they've really, at Block, held to their word about exactly how they wanted to do this. For sure. Creating synergies is so important post-acquisition, and it really does impact how your company grows and expands. Kind of diving deeper into the fintech space, there have been open banking regulations within the EU and UK that have limited the way companies operate within the region. Could you shed some light on this and how it has impacted Wave's operations within the region? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think the spirit of open banking is absolutely the right one. I think the way that the EU and other countries um, have implemented it made it very difficult for Wave. You know, we were offering our services in those markets, uh, free software. You know, as we looked at the landscape and our ability to serve those customers moving forward within our business model, we felt like it didn't work for us. You know, I forget the exact date, but call it about a year ago, we communicated to our customers that we were going to no longer serve them in those markets. We were going to focus on our North American opportunity. And so, you know, that was sad for me, but uh, I understand the spirit of the, the regulation. I understand what they're going for. We were just a little yeah. bit of collateral damage through the process because, you know, we just didn't have a mature enough business there to be able to, or the desire to adapt to those regulations didn't really make sense for us at the time. That might change over time, 
we had hundreds of thousands of users in those markets. Um, and so I absolutely hate letting down any of our small business customers that, you know, trusted us with, with our software platform. But uh, at the time, it just didn't make sense for us to continue in those markets because of those regulations. Right. And do you see yourself going back there in the near future or are there any plans in play for that? You know, we we, we don't talk about future roadmap, but I would say, um, you know, we really, we got our work cut out for us in North America to bring this vision to life. We're right. making really good progress. Um but we're focused there at this point. Um, and there's been a lot of conversation about open banking in Canada as well. How do you see open banking impacting the fintech ecosystem in Canada? Yeah, well, I would just say broadly, you know, without having a, you know, without being too too much of a spokesman for Wave, but instead, again, speaking on behalf of the customer. I mean, at the end of the day, the spirit there is consumers should have access to their data so that they can you know, use the services that they want to use. And that should be the standard for anything on the internet. Um, and especially when, you know, it's your data from a bank that you're paying money to for the services that that you're using. And so I look at it from a consumer standpoint that the only reason that, you know, banks would fight this you know, they can talk about security and all those kinds of things. There's some validity to that, that it needs to be done properly. It needs to be done securely. All of those things are obvious and should be table stakes. But, you know, I think the only reason why typically, you know, corporations fight something like this is because they're worried that it's going to eat into their revenues and profits. And we should be forcing our banks to uh, compete. And so, you know, I just think from a consumer standpoint, you know, the number of times a small business owner in Canada uses WAVE and has difficulty because those banks are in conflict with Plaid and data aggregators trying to get the data out of the bank and into these software providers, it happens all the time. That shouldn't be the case in 2022. And that customer is saying, I want access to my data to make you know, running my small business easier. And that should be table stakes. Kind of moving towards AI and machine learning, how do you see these two areas impacting how financial services companies function in the future? Yeah, well, I'll speci specifically speak about sort of ML in terms of, you know, areas that we use it and, and where I hope to see it go, you know, in the future. You know, we're using it across Wave in, in numerous different cases. Um, so take, you know, fraud as an example. Incredible, you know, once you have a scale of data at helping you identify patterns in, you know, fraudulent attacks and, and those kinds of things. It's been a huge game changer for us in areas like that, which obviously is... is um, 
you know, just really, really important in terms of being able to scale, scale effectively, efficiently, and just block bad actors. The other area, and I think this becomes more and more interesting over time, is within the product itself in terms of how you can deliver a better customer experience. So think about categorization of transactions. That's been happening in, you know, consumer personal finance managers for a long time. Small business categorization is much, much more challenging than personal because a lot of small businesses will customize their chart of accounts. Think about when you spend on Amazon, as an example, as a small business owner, you could be buying any number of different things that go into any number of different categories. You know, that's where ML can can help over time as it gets smarter and smarter and sees more and more data. Another area is, you know, avoiding duplication of transactions. So there's just all sorts of areas where I think it can help on both the back office, back end, you know, stuff of a business like ours, as well as really exciting opportunities as it relates to making the product easier, faster, more efficient for small business owners to get through this stuff. So they're spending less time on it and spending more time on growing their business. We've kind of covered AI, machine learning and open banking and how these impact the financial services industry. Curious to know, what opportunities do you see within the accounting software market within Canada? Well, I think, you know, as we discussed before, customer choice, um, the, the, the more I think we've seen, you know, across the world, the more this sector opens up, the more opportunities get created for entrepreneurs to innovate on top of the, on top of the stack. And so as we look you know, broadly across the ecosystem, you know, there's just so many different areas where technology can make things more efficient, you know, without getting into too many specifics, but just think broadly about, I don't know, silly things like sending a wire transfer. I mean, just so arduous, expensive, ripe for error, you know, takes a couple days. I mean, really in 2022, Think about payday loans and how, you know, because of the um, just the way that the system works, it's predatory in terms of pricing. How can we, you know, you've seen some of the neobanks, including H&R Block's new neobank called Spruce in the US, how they're getting access to, you know, their customers are accessing their paycheck two days earlier for free. These kinds of things um, are going to have huge impacts on people's cash flow. I mean, if you need the money two days earlier and previously you had to go to a payday lender and pay X amount of fees, and now you can just have it deposited into your bank account. I mean, that's a game changer. Think about the amount in Canada of money sent back to other countries, you know, to help family and stuff like that. That typically took days, was super expensive, was, you know, just not efficient. All of these things are changing and changing for the better. And so, you know, we want to, in Canada, open up as many and and understanding that a bunch of players don't want it to be opened up. Let's be clear about that. But, you know, as we push for a more open banking protocol, We should be catching up with the rest of the world in terms of the innovation that is happening on top 
that quite frankly, we're behind on. Yeah, I mean, as a customer and, and as an international student, I completely see those differences and I see how important these small aspects are in terms of like customer experience and money, like being able to transfer money globally, right? And going forward, I would be, I'm very curious to know how do you see Wave growing and where do you see uh, the big, as the biggest challenge for the company? Well, I think we've been on an, a, an amazing trajectory for, for a long while. And so, you know, the growth will continue to happen in our core business. And then as we continue to, to stand up wave money, integrate it more into the system, you know, we're excited about a, a small business, a small business owner being able to invoice their customers, accept payment, have access to that payment in 15 seconds in their bank account, spend on the card, have it automatically book kept for them. So they never have to touch those transactions again. And then, you know, seamlessly have a path out to tax. That's a really exciting vision. And, and, you know, we're on the cusp of bringing that to life. And so, you know, we think there's lots and lots of opportunities for us ahead. Um, and in terms of the biggest, um, you know, barriers, listen, the, the overall, you know, talent market in tech is incredibly competitive. And, yeah. you know, Toronto was already on the radar in terms of, you know, foreign companies coming and setting up shop and, and knowing that we have incredible technology talent that was, you know, somewhat under the radar. The pandemic has only increased that given people can now work from wherever oftentimes. And so, you know, we got to continue to up our game in terms of being an amazing place to work, to grow, to learn. Um, and that's really the, the journey we're on. And I would love to just know, you know, from your end, what's your one piece of advice for someone who's looking to start their own company in fintech or looking to work within the industry here? Well, I think two very different issues or two different sort of answers. If you want to work in the fintech industry, we've got some amazing companies, you know, locally, um, you know, some world leading companies based in Toronto. So, you know, get in and, and, you know, experience it and grow in it. And, um, and, you know, the, really there's so much opportunity. Everyone's hiring all the time. And so I think there's tons and tons of opportunity um, to get into one of these companies and just, you know, be part of, of the growth story. Um, on the second question of, you know, starting your own thing, I think the first is to, to really do some soul searching and say, you know, is this what I want to do? And try and separate the romantic notion of it and what you read on TechCrunch from, you know, what the reality is going to be that, you know, there are generally no overnight success stories, um, you know, on paper, you know, Wave had a really amazing run that was 10 years of grinding and having some really, really challenging times doing, you know, layoffs, almost running out of money within sort of 10 days of being bankrupt, you know, just really, really, really challenging days for a decade. Um, and so, you know, the first is just to really ask yourself, is this, is this what I want to do? 
And then the second is if the answer is yes, I think the the biggest next step is taking the first step. Um, it is the hardest step to take. Uh, you know, you, you really, it's hard to do it sort of off the side of your desk. You can't generally, you know, start something successful while doing it part-time and trying to manage a whole bunch of things, uh, depending on what you're going for, if you're trying to build something, you know, substantial. So it, it, it really is, you know, just saying to yourself, what, what am I going to lose by doing this? And just take that first step. It's the hardest step. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, and my last question for you, based on current trends, where do you see the Canadian financial services ecosystem heading in the future? Well, based on current trends, you would say <laughs> into the blockchain and, you know, all designed on an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think that would be what the current trend would tell you is going to happen. I think the reality is, you know, different than that in terms yeah. of do I think that that's going to play an important role? I think so. I think there's a lot of smart people and smart money, you know, going down that path. And typically when that happens, you see some really interesting innovation that's going to happen. But I also think you know, there's an opportunity to, to just continue to look at the, you know, some of the inefficiencies that pervade our, you know, financial market. And there's still lots of opportunities that ha don't have to be all the way to Web3. Um, but, you know, as long as they're servicing, you know, a real customer need, uh, I think there's lots of opportunities still in the sector. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. You've given us a lot to learn from and think about. We're very excited to see what Wave does next. Thanks so much. I love the initiative. Happy to support and, uh, and glad these conversations are happening. Thank you so much. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the FinHub Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn to get the latest updates and information about the topics covered during our episodes. Don't forget to head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe to our channel. Until next time.